DJ PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We're brought to you in part by Davis Vision. Davis Vision has given you 1,000 reasons to get rid of those contacts or glasses. That's $1,000 off LASIK. Start your road to better vision at davisvisionmd.com or call them at 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. Time to welcome in Patrick Stevens. He writes for the Washington Post. He covers college sports. The NCAA tournament. March Madness is upon us. You have brackets to fill out, and Patrick is here with sage advice. Patrick, good morning. Good morning, fellas. How are you? Good. I've loved March Madness since I was a kid. I have filled out brackets since I was probably in junior high. But there is so much basketball on TV. we got to watch the NBA. we got to watch the Jazz. we got to watch the other top teams in the West. And we got BYU, Utah, and Utah State to watch. I can't possibly follow these other conferences in the detail you need to know what you're talking about when it comes time to fill out a bracket. There aren't enough hours in the day. Are there enough hours in the day to you, for you to follow how many college teams and conferences? <laughs> there, there, there are enough. Uh, thankfully, uh, thankfully being, being stuck at home here for the last year or so has kind of allowed me to alter my schedule a little bit. And, I'll tell you what, I watched a ton of Mountain West basketball this season because the way the schedule worked out, I feel like one of those four good teams, whether it was San Diego State, Utah State, Colorado State, uh, or uh, or Boise State, was on TV seemingly every night. So plenty familiar uh, with those teams in particular and, and obviously seen a lot of other uh, throughout, the, throughout this past season. All right, I think that Cato is an NBA player. And they've got a nice uh, collection of role players for the Aggies uh, as far as that goes. And Craig Smith is a dynamic coach. But with that in mind, what do you think about them being able to win a game? Because it's been a while. It has been a while. And, and you know, I, I, I look at that matchup. And Texas Tech is, is one of those teams that is it, – it's been up and down uh, for sure. Like, it seems like they, they can never – if they get one, they're going to get two or three probably – uh, but it's just as possible that they, they get bounced in the first round. Uh, you know, Mac McClung, the Georgetown transfer, uh, is kind of a dynamite presence for them. Uh, and as for Utah State, like you say, Kate has uh, had a great season, and they play fantastic defense. I mean, this game, frankly, has the potential to be one of those 58-57, uh, grinded-out, low-possession type games. I think it's really one of the, one of the true toss-ups in the first round. Uh, but it would not surprise me at all uh, if the Aggies are able to pull that one off and, and make it out of the first round for the first time since 2001. So interesting about Texas Tech being up and down, because this is the kind of thing that I, I just can't tell you. I haven't seen enough. The Big 12 and the Big 10, you know, their fan bases can argue about who's the best conference, but both those conferences are pretty deep, and they better be if these teams are going anywhere. Texas Tech tied for sixth in their league. Michigan State's ninth in their league. Now, are they down there because they are up and down, or are those leagues legitimate, r- legitimately really deep? And these teams are tested every night, and there are no off games for these teams. Well, I, I think it's, it's a stretch to say there's no off games in the Big 12 or the Big 10. In the, in the Big 12, you've got an Iowa State team that went 2-21 and and went 0 for the league. You've got Kansas State. I think won four conference games and struggled. Uh, and you look at a team like a like a Texas Tech that went nine and eight in the conference. Well, it swept Iowa State and it swept Kansas State, and there you go. We've just accounted for almost half of those conference victories. So, uh, you know, I think some of the teams at the top of the Big Twelve are, are really exceptional. Baylor, 
Uh, Kansas played well down the stretch. Oklahoma State uh, and Texas for sure. And West Virginia, a, a better version, I think, of Texas Tech being up and down. Over in the Big Ten, I think in the Michigan State case, it's, it's kind of a, a situation where they just weren't very good for a month or so. And, the, and their offense wasn't right at all. Uh, you look back at February 2nd, they were 8-7. and They've had a pause of a couple weeks. Uh, and since then, they've played exceptionally well. So, yeah, they're, what, 9-11 and 11 or so in the league, uh, but they were 2-7 and seven at one point, and since then they've beaten Illinois and Michigan and Ohio State. Uh, and they're a much better team, I think, right now than they are in aggregate for the season. Uh, I'll also say that those top four or five teams in the Big Ten are really, really strong uh, and will all have a chance to make multi-round runs here uh, in, the, in the weeks to come. So with that being said about the Spartans, then I assume you've got them advancing in the what we call as the playing game traditionally and playing BYU. Yeah, I, I like Michigan State a lot more than I do a UCLA team that has, has sputtered down the stretch. I think it's four losses in a row for them. Uh, and not the bad teams, all four teams that are uh, in the tournament, uh, Colorado, Oregon, USC, and Oregon State, but, but they're a team that just hasn't really accomplished a whole lot when you look at their their overall set of accomplishments, they beat Colorado at home, they swept Arizona, and there's not a whole lot else there. They're, they're really a, a, a team that's hard to figure. I think Michigan State gets through uh, and then starts to put the Tom Izzo rule to the test. You look back at Izzo's record at, at the, in the second game at a site in the NCAA tournament, you might get two of those here this weekend potentially. Uh, that's a, that's going to be a tough haul for the Cougars, but I do ha- happen to think that BYU – especially given how well it played in that first half against Gonzaga and how it largely avoided any sort of missteps throughout the season. Uh, that, that, that's a team I think is going to be a really tough out as well. I think a BYU-Michigan State game would be one of the best second rounds, or best, I guess that's technically first round, uh, but would be one of, along with that Utah State-Texas Tech matchup, would be one of the better games. You guys are kind of lucky out there having, having a couple of those really high-end matchups in the first round. Patrick Stevens joining us. He writes for the Washington Post. He is paid to watch college basketball. Good gig. So I'm curious, when you're watching all the late-night games from the Mountain West, I assume you watch a lot of late-night Pac-12, and they got five teams in, which is good, certainly better than they've done in some previous years, but how many of those can get to the Sweet 16? None of them are seated to get there. UCLA and Oregon State, I don't think anyone expects to see them in the Sweet 16, but the other three teams, you know, if you're in that you know, five, six, seven range, you might make it. Are you penciling anybody in to get there? Yeah, I, I think if there's somebody that I like to be able to, to do some damage, it might be Colorado um, out of the whole bunch, although a potential second-round game against Florida State's a little scary. Uh, the Seminoles basically have a – it feels like they have a, a, a roulette wheel that they spin every game, and which of these – 13 or 14 players is going to pop up and score 14 points in a game. Uh, you really don't know with them. Uh, I, I do think it could be a, a first weekend wipeout for the Pac-12. Like you say, Oregon State 12 seed. Don't think uh, too much of UCLA. USC's the wild card. I mean, you look at them, they've, they've definitely got one of those teams that, that looks great. It's one of those airport, all-airport teams. Looks fantastic. <laughs> and Evan Mobley is going to be you know, one of the top five or so picks in the NBA draft in all likelihood. Uh, but that's another team that's inconsistent, and it's very possible that they get bounced by Wichita State or Drake, let alone Kansas the next time out. You know, I think the best team in that league is probably Oregon. They won the regular season, uh, but having a, a matchup with Iowa potentially in the second round is a, is a tough, tough draw for the Ducks. 
Gonzaga obviously undefeated. How much of a burden do you think that carries? Because it's like with them, unless they win it all, even though they've been a really just a phenomenal program for so many years, it's like, yeah, well, see, I told you, they play in a lousy conference. They're really not that good. I don't know if it's so much a burden. I think the interesting thing, and we saw this in the WTC final, is it's not like they've been tested here for the last few months. You know, How do they react to suddenly being in trouble? And they reacted pretty well to BYU. They basically found their defense there in the second half of that game. I think, you know, the interesting element of their bracket. So, you know, you have Virginia, Iowa, Kansas as the other three teams in the top four seeds. And Gonzaga's already beaten all those teams. So does that make them feel better about their draw? Or is it a situation where those teams, and they could, they could run into as many as two of them, are those teams going to feel like they know what's coming, even if it's not something that you can deal with very easily, at least you have an idea what's coming. Uh, you know, to me, I, I do think Gonzaga is you know, one of the top two or three clear-cut teams in the field. If you're sitting there saying, are you going to take X number of teams in the field? I mean, the question kind of is Gonzaga and Illinois and maybe Taylor versus the field. But I, I think with three guys that are you know, popping up on all American teams, in Kispert and Timmy uh, and, and, uh, and Suggs with fantastic freshmen, uh, it, it is going to be a disappointment for sure if this team is not standing at least going into the Final Four. Uh, and I, I think pretty clearly the expectations in Spokane are to, are to snip the nets on the final night of the season. So, filling out your bracket, not one of your ten brackets, your bracket of integrity, your most important See, I bracket. Don't, I don't fill out brackets. I found that it's better, to, better for me not to do that uh, in terms of being able to enjoy the tournament and cover it more effectively. Okay. But if you want some advice, I'm happy to give some. And that's exactly what I think our listeners want. Who should they put in their final four? Oh, gosh. I mean, I think I would go with Gonzaga out of the West. I think that's, that's the team to beat there. Uh, you know, the, the, the South is kind of a tricky bracket for me because I could see that thing getting blown up in any number of ways. Um, you know, I think Baylor could have problems, for example, with North Carolina in the second round. I think Arkansas... Uh, might have the clearest path, uh, and, and then produce kind of an interesting team, too. Uh, so if you put me on the spot, I'll, I'll give you Arkansas there, but I don't feel great about that regional at all. Uh, in the Midwest, I'll go ahead and give you Illinois. I think it's a possible Illinois-Oklahoma State Sweet 16 game. The Brad Underwood Bowl would be fantastic. Uh, and then in the East, you know, I think Michigan without Isaiah Livers is going to be vulnerable throughout. Uh, and I think that's a that's a bracket that they could get blown up in any way possible. I'll, I'll take Florida State there just because I look at Michigan, I look at Texas, I look at Alabama. Those are all teams that have very high, you know, there's a very high risk-reward element to them. Uh, a team that could create some problems in that bracket in particular is the seventh seed, Connecticut with James Booknight. They've just been a different team since he's gotten back and healthy. Uh, and he's, he could be the latest guard that carries UConn deep, deep into the tournament. Have you heard any rumblings about all these coaching vacancies who might be interested? No, no, I'm not, I'm not much into the rumor mill. Sorry. Steer clear of that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so if, uh, if you're looking, and, and maybe UConn is that team, if you're looking for the team that isn't seated that well, that can make deep run into the tournament, who are you looking at? Well, again, let's go region by region here. I think in the West, UC Santa Barbara is, it has been gifted kind of a spot there that 
is favorable. They get a Creighton team and a little bit of turmoil in the 5-12 game. Uh, you don't know whether Virginia is actually going to, you know, make it to the to the start starting line uh, right now. But Santa Barbara uh, with Jacory McLaughlin, the Big West Player of the Year, uh, has lost only once since New Year's Day. A, a team is not hard to like. Um, you know, Winthrop, the 12 seed in the South, has only lost once. Chandler Vaudrin has three triple doubles. They draw Villanova, who's down at starting point guard in Colin Gillespie. I think they can win at least one game and, and maybe multiple games in that South bracket. Uh, in the Midwest, I think Syracuse, having slipped in, is really dangerous. They've been playing well. I mean, on paper, they're profiled. I don't think that they should have avoided a play-in game. I didn't even have them in, but I can understand the appeal to them. But subjectively, you know, they beat Clemson, they beat Carolina, uh, and they nearly beat Virginia all since the start of the month. And the last time that they barely avoided a play-in game was 2016. Uh, and they, with, a, with an assist from Middle Tennessee knocking off Michigan State, they ran all the way to the Final Four. Uh, and then in the East, if you want a team uh, that has a chance to, to do a little bit of damage, you know, it could be that Michigan State team if, if they can catch fire. I don't know if they, if they can achieve the consistency necessary uh, to pull that off. Uh, another team that I like, I don't know if they can beat Michigan in the second-round game, uh, but St. Bonaventure is really well coached, the Atlantic 10 champions. Uh, Kyle Lawson, the point guard, Oshuna Shuni, uh, the big man in the middle, uh, and Mark Schmidt, uh, really one of the underrated uh, sideline guys in the country. I, I think they have a chance uh, to, to really make a little bit of noise, uh, but they're probably going to have to take advantage of Isaiah Liver's absence from Michigan to make that happen. Patrick, I'll be honest. After you said UC Santa Barbara, I kind of blanked out. I am a gaucho, and we have one NCAA tournament win all time. I'll take two. I think you're gonna. Ha- I think come what is it Saturday? You're gonna have a second one to celebrate. Patrick Stevens, the Washington Post college sports guy. May he be right about the Gauchos. Thank you, Patrick. Thanks so much for having me, All right, Patrick Stevens. You can read him in the Washington Post. There it is, PK. Put the Gauchos in your bracket. Make it happen. To you, I'm happy for you. <laughs> Grand Canyon, 15 seed. It could happen. If it does, I'll be happy for you. I have no interest. In <laughs> you can't even fake it for radio? Come on, PK. <laughs> it would be cool for the program, for sure. But uh, I don't. <laughs> You're not living and dying with the Grand Canyon that I, that basketball. I take personal uh, satisfaction with in that regard. I've been in this business too long. But it certainly would be cool. I mean, the, they well, we love 15s beating twos, no matter who they are. That's always that's always exciting. It's a game you got to flip on if you see it's close. I think for Grand Canyon, though, uh, the the bigger story is they want more. They mm-hmm. want to get in the West Coast Conference. Yeah, right. You know, it's a religious based uh, conference, obviously. Uh, I think Pacific is not, but Pacific was established by the Methodists, if I remember correctly, whatever. But anyway, I think they would love to join the conference and. Uh, you know they don't feel the football program obviously and actually when you think about it it would be a decent fit and <clears throat> if I'm the West Coast Conference I seriously consider it because their basketball program is improving uh, they got Drew there to coach the team and uh, have that Phoenix market yeah it's smack dab the, in the in the the two I've read about are Grand City, yeah. yeah Grand Canyon and Seattle and there's good high school basketball players in, in both of those areas so uh, that makes sense I don't know if they want to go to twelve thing, but 
But to get to go down there and have that opportunity, uh, they would, in my mind, they would automatically be in the top half of the conference because they care. It matters. And that ought to get them over a lot of teams really yeah. quickly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's not just something that we have because we have it. It's They have it and they want to win. They want to win at the highest level, and this is their first opportunity to go to the NCAA tournament. So that's a big story there. I saw a thing that uh, they listed uh, the top coaches, all the all well, all the coaches in the tournament, so 68, where they ranked. They ranked them according to their playing ability. <laughs> and Drew, who uh, you know, hit that one that that shot, who was it against Mississippi State? That yeah, they had the kid throw the ball, and then the kid yeah. just deflected it to Drew coming running down the right side. He hits that shot at the buzzer. So does the swan dive right? Yeah, yeah. I think he was in the top five because he did play a little bit in the NBA. I think they had Mark Pope at four. And then, of course, they have Patrick Ewing, number one, because he's a Hall of Fame player. And I don't think that there's any other player or a coach who was a Hall of Fame player. Uh, so Craig Smith didn't get a good run. He was way up in the 60s. I don't think he had a very uh, distinguished playing career, but so far he's had a distinguished coaching, coaching career. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, the Joe Ingles Show and Morgan Scally talking to the media for the youth. You'll hear him, Utah defensive coordinator, coming up at 9 o'clock. Joe Ingles coming up next. Stay with us. March Madness is here, and now it's time to put that college basketball knowledge to the test. It's the Zone Bracket Challenge, where you can compete against the Zone hosts as well as Zone listeners. Oh my goodness! Log on now to 1280zonebracket.com to fill out your bracket for a chance to win a Nordic Track X22i bike. Valued at over $2,000 as well as other great prizes. It's the Zone Bracket Challenge, going on now at 1280zonebracket.com. Presented by the store, SNS Roofing, Bullfrog Spas, and Elite Works. Hey, yeah! This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe, and he'll flush! And it's time to hear from the best looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle Bells! Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe to the cop, slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show (coughs) with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. The Joe Ingles Show with DJ and PK is brought to you by Cypress Credit Union. It's the longest serving credit union in Utah. Cypress Credit Union is here to help with all your financial needs. Cypress Credit Union, your future is our future. Time to welcome in Joe Ingles to his own show. Joe, good morning. Hi, good morning. <laughs> Trapped in your hotel room, first in Boston, Boston, now in Washington, unable to walk around some of those walkable cities. You sound a little depressed, Joe. Yeah, it's not a... Uh... It's not as fun as it used to be. We had to go out and eat and do it, like I said. I mean, we can. I think we're allowed to go for a little quick stroll out, sneak out, and get out and for for a quick walk. But yeah, not much. Uh, not much going on. A lot of testing and a lot of sitting in the room. You have that cross country flight the other day. Uh, when Terrible. you guys are. Uh, yeah, I was just going to ask you, what do you do on in that situation? Because you're cooped up in the hotel, now you're cooped up in a plane for a. That's probably the longest trip you've you've been on as an NBA player. 
Yeah, it was, uh, I think it was like five and a half or something like that, 540 yeah. or something they ended up taking. Um, we could have just kept going the other way and going to Melbourne. It would have been uh, <laughs> back home, would have been able to see see some family. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, everyone does different stuff. Guys are obviously watching movies and stuff. We played cards for a little bit, but um, had a sleep. It was like, it was one of those, it was like flying to Australia where you can do like 20 different things and you look at the time and you've still got two hours left. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it was obviously a bit of a, a kind of weird scheduling. Um, obviously, it had to be done for whatever reason and you just make it work. So I think the decision to... F- we could have obviously flown after the game, but we would have got in at a ridiculous hour. So we stayed the night and flew the next day, and um, yeah, ended up obviously kind of working out alright. I think guys felt decent. Um, I don't think everyone, anyone, felt great after getting off the flight and doing all that. And we got in really late. Um, well, not really late, but but late in terms of leaving the hotel at nine or something and getting in at six. So it was a full day of travel, and um, to come out and play well yesterday was was good after that. So uh, I'm curious, as a guy who grew up with grandparents who didn't have TV, didn't have video, uh, they played a lot of cards, and as a kid, I played about a hundred thousand different card games: cribbage, rummy, gin, gin rummy, uh, hearts, spades. I mean, go on forever. What what is the card game of choice? Uh, it's actually called Bure. It's a kind of version of Spades. Um, I don't exactly know the difference because I'd never played Spades. I only got I got introduced to Bure as a as a well, not young guy as a NBA player. Um, so yeah, everyone says to like anyone that you try and teach the game to. Everybody says, "Oh, it's like spades," which I've never played spades, but I guess it's like that. So, um, more honestly, more of a time waster than anything <laughs> else. I think for a lot of us, you like I've I've sat and played cards for for a long time now at the table, and some of honestly, like some of the best conversations and stories and stuff like that I've ever heard has been sitting at that table. So. Um, we, we honestly play for, for fun. I've sat there and like Joe Johnson telling crazy funny stories. Like anyone, anyone that's kind of, it's obviously on our, on our plane, there's, I think there's two tables where four guys can sit around. So just to sit, honestly sit with the guys and, and talk and laugh and it, it makes the five and a half hours go a lot quicker. So, um, yeah, it's fun. I don't want to make a big deal about one game and say, oh, my gosh, uh, the Celtic game was a must-win. But I think it was important to win. How do you feel about that when you go into that game where you lost the game, you didn't play well and all that stuff? Do you, do you think of that mindset or do you just take it as another game along the schedule? Yeah, I mean, I don't think at this point it's, it wasn't like we were, we were down uh, 3-1 or whatever. Like it wasn't yeah. a must-win. We didn't... Uh, if we'd lost, we weren't knocked out of the NBA. Um, but in terms, like you said, like it's important, and obviously we wanted to get back on the right track, and um, we hadn't played well um, for, for those kind of first two games, even the, the first game out of break um, against Houston. We obviously won the game, but we gave up a 20 or whatever point lead, but... Um, played well in stretches, I guess, there, but obviously to give up that lead, and then 
Golden State was probably more bad than good. So obviously coming into this one, and, and obviously like Boston's a, a really good team too. So I think just making sure, um, and that's where I think the the long flight and the long day and all that can or could easily be a distraction and oh well we we did have a, a long day of travel a full kind of full day of travel it's it's easy to chalk it up as a, a bit too like kind of a little bit too hard and, and move on to the next one but I think everyone obviously the way we played those first two games we, we wanted to kind of flick the switch a little bit and 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 just get rolling a little bit I, I think I don't think we played I think we shot 43 I don't know if we'd shot 40 in those first two um if we did, it didn't feel like we did. I think we played a lot more like ourselves yesterday um, on both ends of the floor, defensively and, and offensively. Um, so, yeah, it was it was good to, like I said, kind of flick that switch on how we had played those first couple games and, and again, get a good win against a, a really good team who's, who's playing a lot better than kind of what they were at different times this year. So in the time I've been here, a lot of jazz players have come and gone, and you forget a lot of stuff, but there's usually a snapshot or two for each player you kind of remember. And I think when that time comes for you, what I'm going to remember is you (laughs) hitting a three in front of the opposing bench and more often than not turning over your shoulder and telling them something as you head back down court. You did it again against the Celtics, and I'm wondering – when you do that most of the time, is it just for the sheer joy of talking trash to the bench? Is it because you know somebody on the bench and you need to specifically talk to them? Or they've been yapping at you and we just don't know it, and you're getting in the second word because they fired the first shot. What was it against Boston, and what is it usually? Uh, usually it's A, B, or C. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't mind. Last night, um, one of the young guys there was... Obviously, I, I think it was one of the ones Donovan or whoever threw it to me threw it high, and I just shot it from where it was. And they yelled something out, and I just turned and gave him a little wink. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's honestly obviously if there's a guy I know, I'm more than happy to say something to him. Um, obviously, it was a lot more fun when the bench was a bit kind of like closer in mm-hmm. the normal um, seating arrangement because there was everybody was right there. Um, when now you just get a couple of them right there. So, um, yeah, honestly, it, it, just whatever. I, I, I think a lot of the time, you, I mean, if you're in that corner in front of the bench, you, uh, and it, 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 I guess it's the same on the other side when the crowd is normally there and there's courtside seats and they're literally like one large step away from you. <laughs> um, as they see the ball coming or whatever it is, and obviously uh, having a shot that looks a little funny and awkward probably doesn't help too. Um, but it's more of like a, you go going to catch the ball and they're yelling something to try and distract you or whatever. So just got to let them know that I don't get distracted by these people. <laughs> they don't bother me. <laughs> it's fun though. So you also had something to say to the referee uh, during the game. I thought you got fouled. It's kind of foul. They sometimes call. Don't, I don't do that every game. You do, but this was a little different. And I know that uh, you know you're a vet now, and you've got a little bit of a rep, and you see them, and they see you because it's not that big a league, right? And so I'm wondering, 
How much of it is just the emotion of the moment? You just say whatever. And how calculating do you have to be when you talk to ref? So, A, you don't get a T. B, you don't get another bad call a couple possessions later because the guy's uh, mad at you. And C, possibly you even get the good call a couple possessions later because now he realizes what you saw and he's looking for it. How do you play that? Um, yeah, I mean, it, uh, I think it's different. Obviously, Golden State, I, got, I think I got probably over-frustrated it. Um, the non-call or whatever it was and I obviously got teed up that game um, and I don't enjoy getting teed up. I think sometimes sometimes it can kind of, I guess, make a point or um, kind of fire your team up a little bit at the right time and obviously you know you're giving up a free throw for it but if it's the right time and, and all that, I think sometimes it can be effective. Um, I can't remember what I was talking about last night <laughs> but... Uh, I mean, there was one position I remember walking out there a couple of times and asking them a question because it was, we thought Boyan was getting held, like he was holding his, or he was holding his jersey. And I was just trying to, like if, I think sometimes, and this isn't even on them or anything really, but just realizing that like a pull of a jersey can make more of a difference than they might think. Um like if he doesn't hold Boyan's jersey, he comes off a pin down and he's probably wide open to shoot it. He grabs his jersey and pulls up Boyan, kind of turns and looks at him or tries to push his hand off and it kind of like junks up that whole possession. Um, I remember talking to him about that one time. Like it, it might look like nothing, but it, it affects it more than I think they they think or like even the the players think. Like it's because if Boyan doesn't turn and look and try and like hit his hand off or or whatever, then maybe he comes off and he's wide open. Um, obviously with Rudy and Fave screening, it's probably more of a chance he is wide open too. So um, yeah, just I, I, obviously I'm going to stick up and support my teammates in every situation that I think is necessary, but there is a fine line, I guess, too. I don't want to, uh, you don't want to be in their ear the whole game because they do, sometimes they do like Zach who teased me up the other night was like, just stop. Like, And I was like, well, it's not about just like stopping or talking or not talking. It's like, I thought you missed the call and I thought it was an obvious one. Like, and then the same thing happened down the other end. Like, and you caught like, it's just a, so you gotta be, you gotta be smart with it. I've had, I've had a, a few, uh, a few ones that I've obviously gone too far and, and sometimes I just try and stay away. There's been games where I'm like, all right, I'm not talking the rest of the quarter. Like, I'm just not, <laughs> just going to mind my own business and see what happens. How much at all do you guys pay attention to the standings now? Uh, I mean, I couldn't care less, to be honest. Um, no, I mean, uh, I know we're up there somewhere. I'm assuming we're still first after the break, but I could be wrong. You are. Um, no, you're right. Oh, we are. Um, I live and die by him. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to live a sad, miserable life if you're living and dying by the standings. Thank um, you. <laughs> No, I think just, I mean, obviously we, we, there was enough talk, like you hear it, you see it. Um, I don't jump on my phone when I get up each morning to check the standings and, and all that. But um, at the end of the day, like I said, have said before, it's first, second, fifth, like whatever it is, obviously you want, you want to be, I'm not saying we don't want to finish the highest possible, win as many games as possible, but we want to be playing our best basketball at the end of the year. So, um, 
yeah, if that's the case and we're top or we're third or whatever it is, and we are, it kind of is what it is. But um, yeah, it's not a we don't come in just saying that we want to finish. Like it, it'd be nice to finish top, but there's a, a lot more of a process of what goes on than just trying to finish top. So March Madness is a big deal here. College basketball is a di- big deal for you and for Rudy and for Bojan. You know, if you're a foreign guy, you don't have a, you don't have a dog in the fight. But I'm thinking on these uh, plane trips, and you're on the road with nothing to do, that some of these guys who do have schools, I mean, Donovan's got to be quiet because Louisville's not in, uh, but some of these guys probably have a lot to say about March Madness. Is there a lot about that uh, going back and forth on the team or no? Uh, there hasn't been too much yet, but I'm sure it'll heat up once, uh, kind of once it gets going. Um, I'm on the Baylor Bears this year. Um, <laughs> is that what they're called? Yes. Yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, yeah. You got it. You got it. Well, Roy, I assume this is Royce, right? Royce got you going? He's a Baylor guy? Lindsay? Well, yeah, Dennis? There's a way bigger backstory. Okay, yeah, let's hear it. One, <laughs> that's the one reason I didn't want to support them because of Dennis. I didn't want to. Um, <laughs> I wanted to be able to go against, like, so I could argue with Dennis about something. And But I Baylor was actually one of the schools and probably, if not one of the closest schools, if I went to college, I was going to go to. Um, Scott Drew, who is still the coach now, was recruiting me, um, whatever it was, back in 1972 when I was a young fella. Um, <laughs> I actually would have been there with Epe if I decided to go, which would have been kind of cool. Um but yeah, didn't didn't obviously go. But um, yeah, I just I don't know. I don't St. Mary. I don't think St. Mary's are in this year. Um, no, I'd be surprised. I don't actually follow enough of it to know. Or not. I I know they used to because they had a bunch of good Australians. But since they lost yeah. the good Australians, I'd be surprised. Um, so yeah, I'm just I was like, screw it. I'll just be on the Baylor Bears this year. So I'm on Royce's <laughs> team this year. So how close were you to actually going to college in the U.S.? Uh, about as close as you are to playing a game in the NBA. You know, once on the jazz floor, I did play in a charity game, and I hit a 17-footer, though. You got two points in your career. Yeah. That might get yeah. you a yeah. throw was there. Two, he, I think DJ was there, too. Out. He can verify it. It's a fact. You nailed it down. It. You, just, you could probably get it. It was sweet. It was pure. <laughs> Probably. Um, no, not ten second. Not not too close. Um, obviously, it was when we in Australia when we we're at the AAS, and there's about fifteen of us deciding what we want to do, and you can go college or pro. And I think I was the only one out of our whole group. Um, and I'm talking like kind of Aaron Baines, Paddy Mills, or all those guys were there with me. They all went to college. Um, I did listen to a few of the teams. There's only a few teams that I really listened to. It was St. Mary's, Baylor, um, a couple other ones. But, um, yeah, I just didn't, uh, I don't know, I just didn't want to do the educational part of it, which if I knew what I knew now, I probably would have gone because there isn't much educational part of it. Um, (laughs) But, no, I just, yeah, I sat and listened to them and figured out, uh, I guess what I needed to do schooling-wise, I probably would have had to do a few extra classes and then um, obviously sit that test or whatever you have to sit to to get in. And yeah. I just had no interest, so I was like, I'm just going to go pro. And 
didn't uh, didn't look back at all. I, I I loved my my journey, so it would have been cool to, I guess, go and spend a year or something and just experience it to have the experience. But um, I wouldn't change it for for anything. So I am curious if St. Patrick's Day is a thing in Australia or not so much. Absolutely. You get to drink beer. Anything that you get to drink beer in Australia is a thing. Mate. There it is. Fosters. Yeah, not Fosters, but anything else. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's a, um, yeah, it's pretty popular. I mean, it's, I'm saying this coming from a guy who hasn't lived in Australia since I was 12 years ago. Um, But no, it's always a, most Australians will find any excuse to be able to go and have a beer and watch them. uh, The AFL starts, I think, this week, this weekend. So everyone will be able to go to the pub and watch the AFL and have a beer and be very sensible. Are they going to uh, have fans at the AFL this year? How's that progressing? Or are they going to be more like NBA games? Yeah, I haven't. Um, I was actually, I was actually thinking about that the other day. Um, we are basically completely open in Australia and have been for a while. There's been a couple mini kind of lockdowns, but <laughs> it's it's funny. I I laugh a little bit about it because they were talking like on the news. I think it was a few weeks ago, we're down to like X number of of cases or whatever, three or 400, whatever it was. And obviously that's good from where we were in the thousands um, a little while ago, but still, that's still a decent number. Um, and I think it was about two weeks ago now, a week or two ago, <laughs> Melbourne, I think it was Melbourne had one case and they shut the borders to Melbourne for like three days to like, um, what do you call it? like slow the slow the spread or whatever one one person and mm. they shut the borders so they they obviously they take it which I, I mean honestly I think that's probably a little extreme like they they take it that serious I, I feel like that's I could see if you have a flight come in and there's like a hundred people or eighty people on the flight and, and they're all going landing and going to their respective places from there it's a little bit different but they had like it was like one or two cases and they shut down the the city for a few days so we we take it serious and um which is obviously why on the flip side new zealand as well i think new zealand was probably the best at how they handled it but um yeah we're we're completely open i see my friends at restaurants and bars and sporting events so i don't know what our AFL stadiums in the two in Melbourne, one holds a hundred thousand, the other one holds like sixty thousand. Um, so usually they're not they're not sold out, but they're usually on a like a regular weekend, kind of probably seventy percent filled, depending on who's playing. Um, so you're talking like sixty, seventy thousand people um, going to the game. So I don't know what the numbers are if they are having kind of no restrictions on it or if they will limit it just to be safe but I mean off the, I mean, without reading anything I would say it would be pretty open um, the NBL the basketballs had crowds um, so yeah it will be, be interesting to see hopefully for their sake for the players sake they, they have some fans there 
Well, Joe, as always, we appreciate it. Hope we brightened up your day sitting in a hotel room for, you know, 20 minutes. Jazz fans hanging on your every word. It was the it was the greatest thing on the trip so far. Yeah, that is a sad trip then. You're right. <laughs> Sorry about that. Maybe a little bourree on the plane. That'll, that'll spark Maybe. things. Yeah. When do we fly? No, we got a game first. Yep, you do. We play, yeah, yeah. I've got to play a game before. Play yeah, and then you're going to go to Tampa Bay for the first time. You haven't been to Tampa Bay for the NBA. For the, uh, for I the have NBA. literally no idea where that is. <laughs> it's close to Orlando, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I didn't know. Uh, it would be cool. I don't know. Yeah. Is, it, is it cool? It's, uh, yeah. I've never been there, but uh, yeah, it looks good. There's a lot of water. It's Florida. There's the ocean. The temperatures ought to be nice for the you know, 12 minutes you're allowed outdoors. <laughs> so my hotel will be nice. There That'll you go. Cool. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Joe. No worries. Thanks for having me. Joe Ingles Show right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And it is brought to you by Cypress Credit Union, where your future is our future. Coming up, Utah football, day two of availability for spring football. Morgan Scally, defensive coordinator, speaking today. We'll hear from him coming up in about 15 minutes. Ute fans, right here on 97.5, 1280, The Zone. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Minnesota parted ways with Richard Patino, And lo and behold, one of a few candidates that have been mentioned is Craig Smith yes, from Utah State. If I'm an Aggie fan, I'm frustrated by that news. This is one of the pratfalls of having a situation where you can be used as a stepping stone. Here's why you can't blame the coach, though. The security is just so flimsy. You'd almost be foolish not to strike while the iron's hot because there's no guarantee that it's going to be hot tomorrow. You take a job at another school, you guarantee yourself two to three years to turn it around. If it doesn't happen, he takes his guaranteed money and splits. But he's still got another two to three years. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O' Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK is brought to you in part by Mark Miller. DJ and PK in the morning brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. Well, PK, we had Patrick Stevens on St. Patrick's Day. You are Patrick Kinahan. We are loaded with Patrick's. St. Patty's Day is a thing in Australia, as Joe tells us, and it's also a thing on our Facebook page at DJ and PK. <laughs> when it comes to sports, what are you green with envy over? And I thought about this before I looked at the responses. And you got to click on the comments. So I have a moment. And I thought of some stuff, and then I clicked on it, and I saw way better responses than anything I came up with. And I just want to give a public shout-out to Joe Walker. Joe, you're the man. He had a good one that didn't even cross my mind. What? When it comes to sports, what do you green with envy over? And Joe says, teams in Power 5 conferences that don't deserve to be there. Nice, Joe. Good call. I like it. Yeah, I mean, what is the level of deserve, deservement? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how to answer that question since I don't know what it was. I think you're saying who deserves to be kicked out and who deserves to get in. Deservement. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I mean, well, And there are things I would that? like to see happen. Well, everybody judges for themselves basically by turning on the TV, looking at a team and going, you suck. Why okay, are you in a Power uh, but, 5 conference? That's my point. Are you just going football? <laughs> yes. So football. Well, because the thing is, as someone who roots and went to a school like UC Santa Barbara, you can get in the NCAA tournament in every sport. And so if you're good enough, you can win. Now, the odds of being Gonzaga aren't very good. 
But Gonzaga is Gonzaga. It can be done. So even if there's some resentment there, but in football, literally, no matter what you do, you can go undefeated. Eh, you're not worth it. You can't be in the playoff. Like, we beat everybody. And we can't have your payday, and we can't have your schedule, and we can't be in the championship. It, it's frustrating. Oh, well, now, when, when the Aztecs suck and they're losing to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo back-to-back years, and you and Scotty G are piling on me, I mean, yeah, the Aztecs don't deserve anything, so you don't feel it. But when I'm sitting there watching Central Florida rip off an undefeated season, I'm thinking, come on, let them, <laughs> let them play somebody. Let's see how good they are. No. It sucks. And meanwhile, Arizona, their spot gets held. I don't know when they'll get good, but they were in a Fiesta Bowl, and they have been in a Pac-12 title game, and and their spot gets held for the 10 or— Central Florida was what, in the Sugar Bowl? Yeah. Their spot gets held for the 10 or 20 years, and they have hope that one day, who knows, it may be like the Cubs, it may be 100-plus years. And I had hope I was going to play in the NBA. Right. I mean, come on. It's not realistic. And Santa Barbara wants no part of a Power Five conference. Right, and that's why that's why I said in football. any sport they don't want it. They don't and want to that's be a Power why, Five. And that's why I said football because I don't really feel it for UC Santa Barbara and their sports for all the reasons you say. I'm a hundred percent on board with that. But when your football team gets good and you know no matter how good it gets, it's not going to matter. That's sucks. that's not true. It's it not going to matter. It is. Everybody is where they where they deserve to be. BYU is where they deserve to be. Go ahead and pay your coaches top dollar and then come back to me and say, I told you, I had somebody last week, BYU's cheap, and you're telling me they deserve to be in there? More than Arizona. They want to be in there, sure. More than Arizona and Kansas. But yet, the running back coach leaves BYU and goes to Arizona knowing darn well it's a sinking ship. Why? Because he's going to make more money. Because they're in a Power Five. That's the whole point. So, BYU, you want to be in a Power Five? Thanks for making the point. Pay Power Five money. Don't tell me you want to do it. Show me. Prove to me you want to do it. I want to win the lottery. I want five supermodels for St. Patrick's Day. I mean, I can want anything I want, but unless I go out and get it, I'm not going to get it. So go ahead. Don't lose a running backs coach to a sinking, crappy program because they pay more money. You're not. You're not Power Five. You're not going to pay. Do everything that the Power Fives are doing. You're not doing it. and then, But yet you expect it? That's not going to happen. Other suggestions for St. Patty's Day and what are you green with envy over? Aaron with the obvious answer, their paychecks. Obviously, it's right. their paychecks. Come on. I mean, they've got no financial worries whatsoever. I freaking just got a $13,000 tax bill I got to come up and figure out how to pay. And you're telling me, oh, it's because you make a lot of money. Actually, this year I made way less money than I have in years. And yet. <laughs> so we got to worry about money. What would it be not to have to worry about money? I have no idea. I have no idea. Dustin says, people that can afford better seats than me. I'm envious. I want to be closer. I want Joe Ingles to talk to me in the corner after he hits a three. Grayson says, every NBA team with a ring. A ring. Jewelry. The championship. If you're a jazz fan, that's the one thing you don't have. You pretty much got everything else. Yeah, 
Hall of Famers, yeah. Olympians, great runs, All Stars, great runs, lots of big playoff games. No nonsense. You Matt, don't have to deal with much crap. That's the franchise good. rarely do you feel embarrassed to be a fan of the team, if right. at all. Have you ever felt embarrassed? Maybe a time or two, but nothing compared. I met some idiot fans here recently. That, that's been embarrassing. Knock that crap off. Cheer and boo. That's it. That'd be Ooh, good right there. Clap your hands and go, yay. That's it. That's all you do. <laughs> That'd be Don't good. say anything else. Nothing, nothing. Go boo or clap your hands and go, yay. That's it. Very simple here, guys. All right, hit us up on Twitter. The question is up there. David DJ James Moore, your response is coming up. Utes, spring football underway. Morgan Scally meeting with the media. You'll hear from the Utah defensive coordinator next on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.